Hello, good morning, buenos dias. Welcome to episode eight of my podcast live from Mexico City called My Mexican Mistakes. And if you've been listening, you know my podcast is about my new life in Mexico City and the fact that I make a lot of mistakes here. And yet, at the end of every day, somehow it all works itself out and I live another day to make a whole new set of mistakes. And speaking of living another day, and this isn't a mistake, but I have to tell you what happened this morning. I was laying in my bed about an hour, 20 minutes ago, and I was awake, and I was wondering if I should get up and get dressed and walk over to the Starbucks, which shows you that your life in Mexico City can be exactly like your life in Chicago. Um, wondering if I should maybe be super lazy and get the Starbucks coffee delivered using Uber Eats. Once again, another example of how your life in Mexico City can be just as lazy and you can waste just as much money as you do in Chicago. Or should I just get up and see how I feel? And Anyway, while I was wondering about all these completely unimportant questions, I felt the bed move as though the bed was going to levitate off the ground. And I looked up at the chandelier. That's right, the chandelier, the very fancy chandelier that hangs over my bed but I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't tell if it was moving or not. I still don't know if it moved. All I know is I thought, oh my God, is that an earthquake? And if it is, should I move out of this bed so that I don't get decapitated by the chandelier? But by the time that thought passed through my head, um, it was over. And I thought, did I imagine it? Have I not had my coffee yet? And it's just too hard to think. So is did I make this all up? But no, I didn't. Because when I saw the news later on Twitter, it, it talked about very small, like 2.1 um, earthquake in Mexico City that was felt in some areas, including where I live, Colonia. I mean, Colonia Condesa. So yes. It was an earthquake. And next time, I may move a little faster out of the bed so that I don't get decapitated by the chandelier in case it's a stronger earthquake. So, not a mistake, but yet, I could not let this broadcast go without telling you that. Okay, so, as usual this week, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, most of my mistakes involve direction, and some of my mistakes involve having no idea how to tip someone. And, uh, you know, many mistakes involve just my general confusion at how things work. Um, this week, I did take a tour of Chapultepec Castle. And I'm going to give you the opposite of a mistake. Um, because what I did was the opposite of a mistake, which I guess another way to put it is the right thing to do. But I took this tour of this Chapultepec, I think is probably the way it's pronounced, 
another one of my many mistakes, Chapultepec Park is a park right in the middle of Mexico City. It's huge. It has everything. It has a lagoon. It has a tram. It has museums. It has a zoo. It also has a castle. When people say Chapultepec Park is like Central Park in New York, I say no because it has a castle. Um, And it's an amazing castle with a wonderful history. And I wouldn't have learned any of the history, I don't think, if I hadn't taken or hired a tour company. Um, Not like the whole company for me, but just hired a private tour um, or joined in on a private tour, I should say. Um, It was like semi-private. It was tremendous because, you know, first of all, it's a long climb up the hill. And if I was by myself, I don't know. I'm sure I would have finished it, but there would have been a lot of breaks just getting up the hill. Um, But, you know, if you're with others, you can't be lazy. So, um, you know, because peer pressure is very important to me. Um, Even though I would like to think I'm too old for peer pressure, um, I don't believe I am. And I have a dear friend in Chicago who may be listening at some point, and she knows she is not immune from peer pressure either, no matter how old she is. So it's not just me. Anyway, um, so you go up this long and winding hill. It's not impossible. It's not like you have to be an athlete to do it. I'm just making it more dramatic than it is. But it is, but it's a beautiful walk. And, you know, if you're going with a tour, you're learning about what you're about to see. And you can put it in context. And so it's really helpful. And then you get into this castle, which was at one time a military school. Then it was a place where, like, the royalty, when Mexico still had royalty... And I don't mean the telenovela stars, because as far as I'm concerned, they are the royalty of Mexico. Um, But they did not live in this castle. It was like Emperor Maximilian and his wife, Queen Carlotta. Um, And they were from like France and Belgium or Austria and Belgium. They were not Mexican. But um, France had taken over Mexico at some point. And then the, I don't know, the Archduke of France or the King of France... Um, they were, uh, I can't think of their name, but it was like this royal house that was running France. And so they said to this Emperor Maximilian, who was basically like the second or third brother and was never going to get to be in charge of anything if he stuck around in France or Austria. Pretty sure it's Austria. Um, So they're like, hey, do you want to run Mexico? And he's like, okay, that sounds like an awesome idea. And I'm going to take my wife, Carlotta, who's from Belgium. Um, And it was, they went and they lived in this castle um, that is, of course, it's magnificent because it's a castle and not like a condo on Armitage Avenue in Chicago. Um, It's a castle. And, uh, of course, they didn't have to walk up the hill because they would have had a carriage and horses. And I saw one of the carriages, because they had three. Um, But one of them was a glass carriage. If you could live in a place where a glass carriage could cart you around from place to place, it would be heaven. 
Of course, it was a short-lived heaven because um, he was put to death by a firing squad and she was off in Europe begging for help while he was killed. And when Queen Carlotta was in Europe, she was like, you know, you got to help me. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill my husband. And everybody in Europe sort of laughed her off and was like, have another cream puff, Carlotta. Let's waltz. You'll be fine. Don't worry. Your husband will be fine. And so while they were blowing her off and eating cream puffs, um, her husband was shot to death. Um, not in a drive-by shooting, like, you know, what would happen in Chicago, but in a firing squad shooting. And uh, and then she went crazy. And then, best of all, um, they've made at least two telenovelas, by my count, of the great love affair between Emperor Maximilian and Queen Carlotta, how much they loved each other, which was, you know, super unusual for royalty at the time. Um, so, anyway... The tour that I just gave you, these ideas that I just gave you, believe me, this was not the way the tour was presented. This is just my interpretation of the things that went on in Chapultepec, Chapultepec Castle. Another wonderful wonderful story about this place is it was, uh, for a period of time, a military school. Um, and during the Mexican-American War, Towards the end of the Mexican-American War, um, the American soldiers tried to take over the military academy. I would like to point out at this juncture that if I was Mexico, I don't even think I'd let Americans into Mexico um, because we don't have, we have a terrible history, um, the way we have treated our closest neighbor. Um, and I don't mean Canada, I mean Mexico. Anyway, the American army was about to invade the military school, which, you know, if you saw the movie Taps with Timothy Hutton, they're all teenagers. Um, but, and the students were ordered to leave the school because they knew the Americans who were better armed um, were going to win. And many of the students left, but si at least six of the students stayed and fought to the death. And they were just kids. Um, and um, they were very brave, including one of them, Juan Escucha, who wrapped himself up in the Mexican flag and plummeted to his death from the top of the castle. And you can see when you go to the castle where he, like, where he threw himself from and where he landed, and there's a mural that, uh, there's a lot of murals, but if you walk into uh, one side of the castle... And your tour director yells, look up, because he yelled, look up. And it startles you, and you look up. And it's as if Juan Escucha was, like, throwing himself at you, because that's just how amazing the mural on the ceiling is of Juan Escucha, sad, wrapped in the Mexican, Amer wrapped in the Mexican flag, throwing himself to his death. And uh, if you look up quick, it's like he's going to land on you. Um and something, again, I would have missed. I probably wouldn't have even looked up um, if I was in that castle at that time by myself, unless I saw a lot of other people looking up. Because one of the things I will always do here is copy whatever anybody else is doing, because I always feel like they know more than me. So I'll watch them and copy them. Anyway, um, and so when the tour guide explained the story of uh, the way these 
young men um, really became martyrs uh, who, you know, defended the military academy and uh, fought to the death. And um, there's, you know, that movie, and I can't think of it, the name of it right now, but I know you know what I'm talking about, with Tia Leone, where she discovers um, that there's a meteor about to crash into Earth, and Morgan Freeman was the president, and he uh, made a lot of speeches about no looting because the meteor is going to crash into Earth. And some people got to be saved because they were going to be taken to these underground bunkers, but a lot of people were just going to die because the meteor was going to hit Earth. And T. Leone was just like a reporter for NBC, but she accidentally discovered the whole thing. And the meteor was nicknamed Ellie. And uh, she decides that... Well, they give her, because she discovered the meteor, she decides um, that she's going to sacrifice her life for the life of the woman she worked with who was sort of mean to her, who had a couple kids. But that's because she didn't understand that Tia Leone was getting extra special treatment because she discovered a meteor. But anyway, there's a group of astronauts that are sent up into space to destroy the meteor. And they make a couple of runs at it and... uh, nothing much happens. Maybe they break off like a pebble of the meteor. So then Robert Duvall, who is the captain of the astronauts, says, let's fly our rocket ship right into the meteor. Yes, we'll all be killed, but this is the only way to destroy the meteor and save Earth and, uh, you know, things can go on kind of the way they did before. And so the whole group has to agree, and they do. And then one of the astronauts, the woman, says, well, look at the bright side. At least we'll get a lot of high schools named after us. Um, And, you know, they destroy the meteor, and a lot of people are killed, but more people are saved because they destroyed the meteor. So I'm telling you about that because that's kind of what I thought about the martyrs at the military school because there's a lot of streets named after these young men, there's a lot of, right, right within uh, Chapultepec Park, there's at least like three memorials to them. There's a whole room devoted to them. So, you know, they did sacrifice their lives, but I don't know what the life expectancy was at that time of the Mexican-American War, but let's say they hadn't sacrificed themselves. Maybe they would have lived another 20, 30 years, maybe, and they would have died in complete anonymity. But instead, they, you know, chose to defend the school, and they didn't think, oh, we're going to have a lot of high schools named after us. Um, I'm not suggesting that. But, I mean, they really live on um, every day. Uh, You know, I think about one of them because there's a street named after him that's very close to my uh, hotel. So when I brought that up in the tour, that this was just like that movie with Tia Leone, where she discovered a meteor, and I went through that whole story, you could tell pretty much everybody in the tour wished they could get that time back um, that they wasted listening to my story. But it really was fitting, and I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Will I ever be able to recover this time in my life again? Okay, so it's the opposite of a mistake because if you're going to see something in Mexico or probably any country that's A, massive, massive, B, has a lot of history attached to it that you'll never figure out, and C, 
you want to sort of pick up the pace because if you're by yourself, you're going to be super lazy and slow and stop for a lot of cigarette breaks and coffee breaks, then the way to go is with a tour. And I actually learned that, not here, but I learned it many years ago from a very good friend of mine who I have to ask her if she minds if I say her name because I reference her a lot and she knows who she is. But when we were in Italy, we were going to go to the Vatican and she's like, let's take a tour. And I was like, eh, like I didn't really think a tour was necessary. But believe me, a tour is necessary. Um, especially, like I said, for something huge that has a lot of history where your inclination will be, if you're anything like me, to stop a lot. Okay, so here's my mistake this week. Um, not such a super huge mistake, but um, it's very typical of the mistakes I make when I'm trying to find something in Mexico City. Now, those of you who knew me in Chicago know I do not get lost. I am not that person who gets lost. Um, but Chicago has a grid system, and you almost have to be um, you know, kind of dumb to get lost in Chicago if you're from Chicago, because it's so simple. Here, there is nothing simple about getting around Mexico. Nothing. Um, I tried to find the Oxo um, little grocery store that I know for a fact is about six blocks from my hotel. Um, and I've lived now in this hotel for a good six weeks. I could not figure it out. So I went to the 7-Eleven, which is almost as good, um, which I did know exactly where that was. Anyway, so I was trying to find this art gallery slash, I don't know what, um, well, it's a restaurant, art gallery, but it's like in a huge, beautiful setting. Um, why don't we just assume everything in Mexico is huge except the sidewalks and the toilets? Um, so I shouldn't have to say huge so much. But anyway, it's called Casa Lam. And a good friend of mine took me there for lunch right when I got here, but we took an Uber and I, you know, could not keep track of where we were going. Um, I wanted to walk it this time. And it's in Roma, which is the um, district next to where I'm staying. And uh, it's not that far of a walk. It's a little bit of a walk, but it's good. And I thought it would be a good way to explore Roma. And it was a good way to explore Roma because I got lost several times on the way to Casa Lam. And that's because it does, not only does it curve, but it'll meet up with other streets at a roundabout and then any one of those streets coming off of the roundabout could be the street you're looking for, or odds are, in my case, are not the street you're looking for. And so it's impossible just to go in a straight direction anywhere. So I kept missing my street, and I kept missing my street. I was on my street, then I was off my street, then I was back on the street, then I was back off the street. And I had tried three different times to find this place walking, but three different times I kept finding myself not on the street I started on. So I finally, um, there was a man standing just out on the street. He was probably on his break because it looked like he was an auto mechanic. And um, I just asked him, like, you know, where is this Alvaro Obregan, um, if he could help me. And he explained it to me, but because my Spanish is not good enough to follow quick directions, I was watching the direction of his hand as he spoke. 
And then when I um, tried to follow that, I made a mistake. He must have been watching me make that mistake because the next thing I knew, I heard somebody yelling behind me, yelling behind me, and I turned around and it was him. And then like he grabbed my wrist and I thought, well, I hope he's not going to kill me. Um, But he wasn't. And then I thought, does he want a date? Why is he grabbing my wrist? Um, But then he took me and he sort of squeezed my hand. It was very funny because I think he wanted to drag me to the street. But I also think that he didn't want me to think it was like some weird gesture. But anyway, so he took me sort of squeezing my hand and my wrist and he sort of pulled me um, not very far, but to another street. And then he literally turned me around and turned my body around so I'd be facing a certain way. And then he pointed up uh, to where the street names are sometimes like uh, engraved into the sides of buildings, which it was at this point, Avero Obregon. And, uh, and then it was like, he was like, you got it? He didn't say, do you got it? But he did everything but that, and um, I thanked him and went on my way to Casa Lam. So uh, it, these are the kinds of mistakes I continue to make, and uh, my day is beginning today, so there's a whole week's worth of mistakes coming up, um, but I will tell you that Mexico is worth the mistakes. Um, it's a blast here. I'm having a wonderful time, and... Uh, I, this was exactly the right thing for me to do, to move here, to live and to write the telenovela of my dreams. So I hope you like this. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you like it, please share it with your friends. Um, because as I've said before, uh, less, fewer and fewer people are listening to this. Um, I'm hoping making them shorter and making them once a week on a regularly scheduled day will increase listeners listenership. But if it does not, um, like I said, I could just call, you know, the handful of people who listen, but hopefully, um, people will start listening more. Anyway, in, in, if you enjoy it, I really, um, am glad that if there's just one person listening that gets a kick out of this nonsense, um, I hope you enjoy it. Thank And I'm glad you enjoy it. Thank you so much. Gracias. Hasta luego. Gracias.